the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two, we say good morning to Jason Agnew, News Talk 1010 show host, and in particular, the trivia show on Sunday mornings. Patrick Brown is here, mayor of Brampton. Toronto lawyer Karima Sad is here as well. And Karima, I'll actually start with you because our first issue is a legal one. The family of a man who was murdered in Toronto is not only trying to put some kind of identity on him, I guess, and let us know who he was and how tragic his murder was. Uh, But they also want the 13 to 16-year-old defendants in this case to be named publicly. Um, I know it's not easy sometimes to explain the juvenile justice system and why it seems that we offer a degree of privilege to young offenders. But, you know, we've had this system for decades, and the whole idea was because your life is not going to end at the age of 15, even if you do something terrible. That's exactly it. And the principle is one of diminished moral capacity. So our legal system recognizes that children are not the same as adults and we need to protect children. And even where, you know, there is an incident or an allegation of an incident or it's heinous, we still can't treat them like adults. We can't exceptionalize a a particular situation in response to public outcry that's where we really need to go back to the basics. And some of the kids, as you said, are are as young as 13. So there are questions to be asked. What's going on in their lives that this was allowed to occur? Why were they roaming around at night? Those are all legitimate questions. But as for identifying them, we can't stray from these principles because a kid is a kid is a kid, even where there's tragic circumstances surrounding what they may have done. Jason Agnew, let me ask you if you would draw the line the way Deb Hutton did this morning, where she said, well, you can't identify them now. They haven't been convicted of anything. But once they're convicted, let everybody know that who they are. Well, I think there was value in what Deb said, John. I was listening, and that is because all of these individuals met online. And if you do have a child of that age, I mean, what we do know about this is that perhaps they hadn't met before in person. And if you have a child of that age that may be online and somehow, some way, have contact with them, well, you're going to want to know that name. Interesting point. Patrick Brown, your thoughts? I, I think it's a difficult one. I, I certainly think we need to have stronger consequences with our, you know, youth criminal justice legislation in the country. At the same time, you know, I think Deb's point is is apt that you know there is a, a presumption of of innocence. There's a trial that still has to happen, um, and all of the details are are harrowing and and horrifying. Um, I think it would be premature to release names when that process hasn't uh, unfolded yet. Uh, There's kind of a through line to our next story, which is people who have done or may have done bad things and whether they deserve a degree of mercy. Jason Agnew, I'll start with you on this one. This is great talk radio, but it's probably a pretty miserable life. Um, Young girls in some cases, but young women who left their Western countries and went to Syria, married ISIS terrorists, uh, ended up having children with them. Some of the men were killed. Some are still alive. Some are in jail. Uh, These women have been in camps for the last uh, three, four years with their kids, and now six of them are coming back to Canada because they are Canadian citizens. Your thoughts? 
Well, John, I feel bad for the kids in this situation. As for the women who made this choice, I don't necessarily feel bad for them. This was a choice. Um, we weren't necess- we're not talking about minors here. We're talking about people uh, and women who have the degree of you know intelligence to make this decision, and they made it. So, you know, yeah, they should be brought back, but also there is a track record of others uh, coming back here and not being the greatest people in our society as well. So this might be on a case-by-case basis here. And Patrick Brown, I've watched a lot of interviews with some of these young women. I don't find them particularly likable, but they tell similar stories. For example, some of them were teenagers when they left their home country, and they just did it to spite their parents. And lots of kids have done that. It's just they didn't marry a terrorist. Yeah, and you know what? Coming to Canada is like winning the lottery. And if you look at the wait list we have right now, um, to come to Canada, it, the backlog is extraordinary, the longest it's ever been. And so you know, it, there's a capacity issue. I'm not sure I'd be giving um, preference to um, or jumping the queue of, of individuals who have made some very bad choices to be associated with, 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 with terrorism. Having said that, there could be, you know, as Jason said, case-by-case scenarios on humanitarian grounds where maybe the person was oblivious to, to, to who they were marrying. But, you know, I... I I, I, I just think, you know, there are so many people with um, very um, beautiful stories about why they want to come to Canada, um, and they're waiting on that list, and I would hate to see that process lengthen for them um, because of exceptions made here. Although Karim is sad, and maybe you can comment on this from a legal perspective, the thing is there are sometimes some very noxious people who we repatriate, and it's because you have to, there's Canadian citizens, ergo you got to let them in, that's what it says on the passport. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with the framing of jumping the queue because we're talking about Canadians who are looking to come home. And despite the fact that Canada does not have a diplomatic presence in Syria, Syria, uh, the the rights of the the charter that that extend to Canadians it it goes beyond our borders, and and that's uh, I think a responsibility that needs to be taken seriously even where the people in question are unlikable or have done despicable things, um, we need to be consistent in applying the charter. Interesting conversation we had just a half hour ago with a paralegal, and he and his firm offer free legal services to people who have shoplifted from grocery stores. Uh, Patrick Brown, I'll start with you on this one. I, I mean, he was very lawyer-like in his presentation and saying, listen, we're not endorsing shoplifting. We're talking about people who did a desperate thing to feed their family, and we don't want them to pay the price for the rest of their lives. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think essentially it would encourage that practice. And, you know, obviously we want to help anyone who, you know, who can't afford to put food on the table for their for their families, but, you know, to essentially tell people in advance publicly uh, that we will defend you if, if you break the law is not, uh, not appropriate, in my opinion. Jason Agnew, do you think he's encouraging people to shoplift from supermarkets? Oh, yeah, this guy's garbage, John. Um, absolutely. You know, I, every week I speak with people at the Burlington Food Bank. When I covered for you, I spoke with um, the director of the Daily Bread Food Bank. There are places for people to go if they do need food. No one should go without food. But this, to me, this headline, and, and I hate talking about it because it's publicizing it, um, this headline just does encourage people to shoplift and go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to have these guys defend me for free. It's garbage individual. Okay, Karima, your thoughts? 
I do not share that opinion. Uh, I think that uh, obviously this is not going to resolve the issue for every person who shoplifts. There's a marketing angle to this, and it's making us talk about what I think is the underlying question. Why are we in, in such a prosperous country? What, why is this an issue? Why are there charges emanating from this? Why is it a police response instead of one of social assistance? Food banks were only ever meant to be a, a short-term initiative, and, and now there are people who rely on that. Why do we have food barons in Canada? I think those are the questions we need to be asking because nobody sets out planning to steal their their lunch. Patrick Brown, I don't think your kids are old enough for gaming, but an interesting story I read today is an account of how China restricts children to one hour a day gaming. And it's not just sort of these are guidelines, hey, parents enforce. They use facial recognition technology and lockout technology in order to contain kids in their gaming. Do you think it's a good idea? Listen, I, I think that would be a good choice for parents to make. It's not government's responsibility to tell parents uh, um, how to parent. And so uh, this is <laughs> typical of a news story you, you'd hear out of out of China or or, uh, or any dictatorship. It's, it's not, you know, I, I, I think we respect um, individual rights in our country and a parent has the ability to to, to make that choice and hopefully parents are you know doing their best to make sure that their children you know aren't in front of a a, a screen all day long but that's not government's role okay so if we set aside whether or not it's government's role jason agnew would can limiting kids to an hour of gaming a day be a good idea well, I mean, I remember back when I was playing Super Mario Brothers, and at a certain point, after whether it be a game, uh, a few games, or whether it be you know a length of time, you know, my mom came over and said, "Hey, get outside." You know what? You can save the princess another day. So yeah, it's a parenting thing. Karima, uh, uh, yeah, and we don't know, uh, especially with new games, right, and the way that they're being developed specifically to become addictive. Um, that affects young minds. So the idea of limiting time is in and of itself probably a good thing. Whether it should be imposed by government, I think that's a bit heavy-handed. Thank you all for this. Good to have you. Have a great Friday, great weekend. Karima Sad, Patrick Brown, and Jason Agnew. And it's funny, a lot of the things we talked about today were about agency and we sort of figure, oh, parents must be in control. Well, parents weren't in, in control of those girls who are accused of the swarming. And parents may find that they're not in control of their kids' gaming habits either. All right, we're coming up to the 9 o'clock news, but enough time to pay tribute before we leave to David Crosby. It's been a long time gone. Almost cut my hair. Oh, 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 oh,
the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto. 